What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Provoking the Conversation podcast. Again, you guys know I am episode 45. Sean is here. Sean is here to stay. And I think, I want to say, I think it's been a year since I started the podcast. Let me actually check. I want to say I'm coming up on a year anniversary. Well, it's been a year. I'm pretty sure I started this thing in March or April. I know um, it was early in the quarantine process, but like, think about that, guys. For those of you who've been listening from the beginning, or those of you maybe new listeners, or maybe just popped in for an episode or two to support. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, it's not a year yet. First episode was actually in April seventeenth, so. Maybe for that week's episode, we'll do something special, which is about a month from now. So about a month from now, we got a few more episodes. The anniversary of that episode would actually be released on the 16th. So um, maybe we'll do something special for that episode. Maybe I'll maybe I'll release it. Maybe I'll do something like release an episode of the greatest moments. We'll see. We'll see. So it's almost been a year, but I saw something online that it's been a year since quarantine has started like it's been a year since the coronavirus actually became a thing and you know people started panicking and buying up all the toilet paper and all that good jazz um and i took a moment kind of thought about think about what's really happened in a year like all the different things that have happened over the last year from the people we've lost to the presidency to the election black lives matter but not only think about the major things that's happened in our country and in our um, and in our worlds, but think about what's happened in your own lives. You know, I'm sure all of you have had some life events. For some of us, the pandemic has been great. Some of us has been able to refocus, value things that we should have been value- valuing before. Um, some of us have a chance because we realized that we were spending too much out to reassess our finances. Some of us got new jobs. Some of us lost jobs and are still looking for jobs. There's a there's a lot that happened over the last um, the last year. And I just think um, if you're still here and especially if you're still here listening to my podcast from when you started from the beginning, hopefully I get a, I got a little better at this. If not, I'm sorry. I'm still working on it. Don't worry. I'll, I'll be years and years and again, we'll be doing this forever. I don't even feel like I've been doing it long. A year passed and I didn't even I didn't even think about it. But um, yeah, it's been a year, guys. And you're still here to tell the story. And I think that's something you should pat yourself on the back about. Because the year we just had, you should be thankful that you survived. You know, I think I'm thankful I survived. I'm thankful I had family members that were healthy. And I also had family members that that didn't make it. So I, I think um, saying that you made it a year, congrats to you, um, is in order here. Uh, but enough about making it through Corona. Let's talk about what's going on right now. Um, so we'll talk about Candace Owens and Cardi B going another round over Twitter. Um, I really don't care about them two going back and forth, but I want to use it as a point to bring back up again the famous Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion song WAP. And why does Candace Owens have such a problem with it? But what is what is this argument that these two are having? Tell us about, you know, the world today and also, you know, how different people view how children are impacted. I'll get into it a little bit. Um, We have our, again, we could have done better segment. 
um, update with the George Floyd case. Um, and I'm going to tell you exactly what the update means, at least in my eyes. And then the other segment we have today is Businessman, one of my favorite segments. Talk a little bit about Bitcoin. Netflix changes a few things. And Kanye West does something that I'm proud of. Um, and also, Kanye West is also going through a hard time if you haven't heard. But we'll get to all that. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. Go ahead and follow me on Spotify. Like us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Um, if you think this podcast has brought you some type of value over the last year, well, almost year, um, share it with your friends. You know, share the posts that I make on social media. Um, share an episode. Listen to an episode with your friends or your family. Not because Sean wants to be famous, but because, again, Sean made this podcast because I think these are things we need to not shy away from, but things we need to talk about. All right. Thanks again, guys, and enjoy the show. So we need to talk and we need to talk about, again, one of my least favorite people. Okay, let me not say least. She's just not my favorite. I have no personal quarrel with this woman, but she's just not my favorite. And her opinions, I just don't agree with um, Candace Owens. Um, and the other person who they like to go back and forth and have witty, witty banter, uh, or banter, excuse me, Cardi B. So Candace Owens and Cardi B are basically going at it again. They, they are known for going at each other's necks. Um, Candace Owens has been coming at Cardi B ever since the song WAP came out. Candace Owens have said that this song is a disgrace. It teaches our young girls to be overly sexual. Yada, 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 yada. I, I think most of you have known um, what she said there. If you haven't, you're not really missing it. Cardi has come back and said, well, Candace, you're this, you're that, you know, you married a white guy. I mean, every kind of sideways insult in the book. So this article that was released by CNN about three hours ago, I'm just going to kind of read you the headlines here. Uh, Cardi B famously raps. Cardi don't need need more press. Yada, yada, yada. I'm kind of get to the point here. Uh, all stems from Owen's appearance on Monday on Tucker's Carlson's Fox show. She criticized Cardi B and Megan Stallion's recency performance of their hit single WAP at Sunday's Grammy Awards. So that's kind of where this argument started. I guess Candace Owens is on Fox News. They asked Candace about the Grammys and Candace decided to criticize Cardi B and Megan Stallion's performance. Um, Cardi B, I didn't watch the Grammys, but Cardi B and Megan Stallion did perform WAP at the Grammys. So let me stop there before I get into Cardi B and and Candace, because I have my own individual opinion of them performing that song at the Grammys. I do think it was inappropriate. And let me tell you why. It's because the Grammys is supposed to be, it's advertised as a family event. It, it's like, um, let's say you put a, a kid's movie out there, or you put a, a movie that's supposed to be for everybody to watch. And then when you're watching the kid's movie, they have sex scenes in it, Right. You're going to be like, what the heck is this? It's supposed to be for everybody. It's supposed to be appropriate for every type of demographic. That's kind of how I think about award shows. Award shows are not meant to be geared towards one demographic. They're supposed to be geared to all demographics, and choose, in, including young children. Because, again, what we used to do before the Grammys and the VMAs and all these other award shows kind of fell off is actually sit here and watch them with our families. That's how I started watching the Grammys. One day, my, you know, my mom's sitting in the living room or whatever, 
she's watching the Grammys. I'm like, oh, mom, what are you watching? Oh, the Grammys. Okay, let me watch. And then they would have music. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I was a kid or a teenager or, you know, young. So that's kind of been the image the Grammys have always given, unless they're doing something else. And WAP is not a family-appropriate song. Like, as much as the song is good, let me let me just start out by saying I have no issue with the song. It's Cardi B and Megan Stallion did a great job with the song. Me being a rap and hip-hop connoisseur, I know when two talented people get together. Maybe the context and the actual... The actual... Yeah, context or verbiage or language of it isn't really, you know, the nicest or the most uh, mild mannered, but it's a good song. They they rap good on it. There's good lyrics. The music video is visually appealing. And I'm not just saying that because they're parading around halfway naked. I actually think the colors and the placing and how they switch in between scenes was actually good. Um it, it was a good marketed song. They knew who they were making it for. They were making it for the adults. And, um, you know, they did that. And it, it was a hit. It, it was obviously a, a big hit. And I don't have no problem with them having it out there, having it, you know, you know, if you don't want your kids to hear this type of music, then make sure your kids don't listen to it. That's what I say. And I, Cardi said something on that effect. But it being performed at the Grammys is kind of saying the Grammy saying, hey, this is the type of content we want to put out in regards to the Grammys, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think if you, you have plenty of hit songs to choose from to go ahead and have perform, I think you can even ask Megan, Megan, excuse me, Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B to perform another song they did together i don't know if they'd done other songs together but i'm sure they could have made one for just for the event it could have been a world premiere they could have marketed it a different way again this is me only saying this because i view the grammys as a family event and i don't want to be sitting there with my nephew or my niece and they're singing about what as you know what so that's just my view that's ju- and that's solely for the grammys any other platform, Apple Music, Spotify, music videos, those are things that you should be able to control your kids listening to. And if you if you can't, then you really shouldn't just worry about it and just hope that they understand that, you know, they they can they're able to absorb the song contents um in an appropriate way. If your kids aren't mature to do that, then your kids shouldn't be left on devices unsupervised or you shouldn't know what they're listening to. If you can't control that, well, that's a parent thing. Maybe it's easy for me to sit here and say that because I'm not a parent, but that's just my opinion. So, continuing on here. Now, if you know, continue reading the article. Now, if you know what WAP stands for, you won't be shocked by the stripper pole, proactive costumes, and the two rappers getting close on the giant bed during the performance. Owens viewed it as an attack on American values and American traditions and accused the artists of actively trying to make children aspire to things that are grotesque with their prime time act. We Candace closes. We are celebrate celebrating perversity in America. Um, Hey, Kansas, where you been? That's kind of been the thing. You know, you remember the song by ASAP Ferg? I think it was about three, four years ago. Love on my knob, like on on the cut. Like this is not new. Even back before, you know, 1990s, they were talking about doing it. What's that song by Ja Rule and and J Rule and J Lo? No, it wasn't J Rule. Uh, no, it was J Lo. Yeah. Uh, Ja Rule talks about 
pulling the girl's hair and doing it all wild. Like, come on, come on, guys. This ain't new. This is not new. I don't know why Candace is so up in arms. This is what someone told me this. And this was a man. So please take this as you want to take it. But sex sells. It does. It sells. People buy sex. They want to listen to it. There. That's why some there are podcasts that are completely off the charts and higher than me, even though I give you guys very solid content. At least I think so. There are podcasts that talk about sex all day and are ranked high. Not just because of that. I think those podcasts are really good too, but sex sells, you know, we used to have, you know, you know, the porn industry was a multi-million dollar industry. I don't know about now with the emergence of free porn, but that's what it is. For those of you I'm making uncomfortable, um, too bad. Get over it. You know, it's part of life. Um, but anyways, that's kind of the thing. Sex sells. So this is nothing new. So I don't know why Candace is thinking like, oh, we're celebrating in America. It's been celebrated. Where have you been? And, you know, I think we're in a society now where people are just more comfortable talking about the subject. And it wasn't just like Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion that started it. And I think Candace is kind of taking it as in. Well, they're the ones really making the change. No, it, it's been like this. It, it's been like this for a while if you've been paying attention, which I don't think she has. Um, The article continues. I think Cardi celebrated. She made a tweet saying, yeah, we made it on Fox News celebrating that Candace talked about her because it is free press. Um, she actually goes on to thank Candace Owens. Let, let me tell you guys something. When women beef, it's so petty and it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous when women beef. It's it's so petty. I love. I mean, I love it. I mean, it, it's entertaining to me, but it's so petty. Um, she goes on to thank her and say, "Yeah, go ahead and stream WAP." And this is this is um this is Cardi B saying this. Um. She says, remember, grown parents, only you can monitor what your kids watch, no one else. I agree. It's kind of hard these days because kids are given cell phones at the age of 10. So you don't know what they're looking up unless you have some type of lock on their phone or monitoring tool or whatever. But she has a point. Um, And then they started going back and forth. And Cardi talked about, you know, Cardi talked about Candace's husband being white and Candace shot back as in, well, who do you think the people who run the Grammys are that you're talking about? You know, and back and forth. I, I'm really not going to get into that. Um, as a man, I've been told to stay out of women's business, so I am. But I'm going to use this as a springboard to talk about one more thing here. Um, I think we do need to look at what is being, you know, kind of exemplified to our children. And I'm not saying that WAP is such bad deal i'm okay let me rephrase that i'm not saying you should let your five-year-old six-year-old seven-year-old 10-year-old 12 13-year-old listen to wop in the car and sing along with you that's not what i'm saying here please understand i'm saying that wop is a very small version of you know things you should make sure you don't necessarily expose your children to at a young age the song is a song but there's other things as well you know I think um, there's other things that come into this picture as well. And I and I think we need to think about that. It is important to... So I'm kind of I'm kind of playing the fence here with Cardi B and Candace. I get where Candace is coming from. The kids shouldn't be exposed to certain things at certain ages, of course. But I still put that as the responsibility of the parents to not only teach the, 
to only keep the kids from looking at things, but also teach the kids the appropriate way to digest certain things. That's another thing. Sometimes we hide things, we hide things, we hide things from kids instead of teaching them how to digest it. I know one thing I can speak from experience on the matter of respecting your body and experiences and sharing that moment with somebody. Um, My parents didn't shy away from having that conversation from the moment I could hold the dang thing. That's a little personal, but that's why I, I was never uncomfortable talking about it or, you know, being comfortable with myself about it. And that, I think that's something we miss. I think we so much tried to shield our kids when, in today's age, trying to shield them really is counterproductive. I'm Again, I'm not saying go sit down with your six-year-old and explain what sex is. Don't be an idiot. Just don't listen to me and be an idiot. Just use your brain. Use your brain, please. But I'm saying is maybe you should stop blaming other people and what they put out to make a living like Cardi B puts out WAP or... You know, people post, you know, porn on the Internet because they get paid by whatever the case, whoever you want to blame. And maybe as parents, you should look at yourselves and see how can I prepare my child for these type of things that are out here? You know, the other way to think about it, and I think my I think my brother said this, too, is guns. You know, people for a long time where we shouldn't keep guns in the household because of kids. We need to take away the guns because of the children. You know, we don't want guns in the house because of kids. You know, all that good stuff. My brother said one day, you know, they only fear what they don't understand. So, you know, when my kids are age appropriate, I plan on teaching them about, you know, guns. How to use one. What's it for? Teaching them the emotional and res- emotional connection and responsibility to them and the type of power they hold and how you should use it. Just like we should be having a conversation with our children with our young people, with our nieces and nephews, if that if that's appropriate, about their bodies and what you should do with them and respectability. If you shy away from those conversations so long, they're going to go seeking the answers themselves. I promise you. Used to work with kids. Kids used to come into school. We're talking five, six, seven, eight-year-olds and ask me, hey, Mr. Sean, uh, my mom and dad told me not to watch this thing on my phone. But it was two people naked. Can you, can you like, explain this to me? They won't tell me. Wait, what? I've literally had a question like that. That's maybe not the exact wording, but it's happened. Because kids are curious. They're going to go find the answer themselves. Again, age appropriate. I didn't have the conversation with this young man because it wasn't my place. Um, but at some point, you're going to have to. And I'm not in it. And with the way the world is and with information at kids' fingertips faster and faster and faster, I mean, I, I think these conversations could be happening at a, at a younger age than even we had them in my generation.
So, yeah. Uh, Cardi B and Candace Owens, probably round three is coming up soon. They can't, they can't leave each other alone. They're like two, they're like two, they're both two ends of the opposite, opposite ends of the spectrum, excuse me. And they're like both two bad itches. Like, it's like a train wreck when them two go back and forth. It's like, I shouldn't watch, but I got to. Anyways, I want to take a quick moment before we move into we could have done better segment um, with the George Floyd news. Um, I want to send my prayers, my condolences um, to Keyshawn Johnson. Those of you who don't know who Keyshawn Johnson is, he is a former NFL player, famously known. He played for teams like the Jets and the Buccaneers. Um, if you mention him in football spaces, um, you will know who he is. Um, Keyshawn Johnson lost his daughter um, earlier this week. Um, and she was 25, which, first of all, struck me as a nerve, first of all. Because a black, because a man lost his daughter, and I don't have a daughter, but I have a niece, and I don't have a daughter, but I have friends who have daughters, and I, I can't, I can't even bring it to words. Trying to put the feeling into words of losing, losing a child. I I can't even imagine it. So my heart just goes to him and his family. And um, the other thing that struck me here about the story, and not to turn the podcast Norbit, this young this young woman was only three years younger than me. She was gone at such a young age, and I don't know what happened. I don't think they released anything quite yet, or I didn't catch it. But just yeah, I, I don't want to belabor this point. Prayers to Keyshawn, um, Keyshawn, um, I'm praying for you, man. I, I I don't know what you're going through, but I pray that God pulls you through it. All right, so let's shift away and let's talk about welcome to our we could have done better. And usually, again, this segment's about like social justice, something in America we we just could have done a better job. And I think bringing up these type of subjects just get us to think about how do we actually react to these type of things. I didn't have this on the docket, but I want to say this before I get into the George Floyd. Um, there's something going on with Asian Americans. It seems to be ramping up more. I know Asian Americans were getting some type of receiving ill treatment before because of, you know, people saying or mainly our our ex-president saying, you know, this this came from China and it's China's fault and kind of breathing that into the public. Um, I just want to say here at the Provoking Conversation podcast, I do not stand for Asian hate. I do not stand for you hating anybody because of their their race. Um especially the people over here, they have no idea what they're doing overseas. Why are we hating them? But I guess I shouldn't be surprised because you hate black people, even though we've been here for years and helped build this country on our backs. You hate, you hate, um, the minorities here, even though the minorities are just as important part. So I shouldn't be surprised that there's so much hate going around for a population that really didn't do anything to put us in this position. You know, they're just here trying to make a way just like us. But y'all people are so sick and nasty that y'all don't get that. So for anyone who doesn't like Asian people just because of the coronavirus, uh, just steer clear of me because I'm going to have some choice words for you. I'm going to leave it at that. But but news from the George Floyd um, trial. For those of you who don't know, hopefully you know if you've been listening to this podcast, George Floyd was murdered 
by a police officer um, last year, and um, the trial has yet to happen, and that's what caused the Black Lives Matter and the protest last year. So, the city of Minneapolis has reached a $27 million settlement with George Floyd's families just weeks before the trial is scheduled to begin for the former officer charged with his murder death. The city council unanimously approved the settlement Friday after adding the matter to its agenda for a closed session. The settlement includes a $500,000 contribution from Floyd's family to the community at the inter intersection of 38 and Chicago Avenue, now widely known, widely known as George Floyd Square. Um... Um, I have mixed feelings about this. I really, 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 really feel uneasy about when they give these settlements. You want to know why? Because it gives me the bad feeling in my stomach like this cop's going to get off. And I don't, I truly don't know what's going to happen if this cop gets off. Because of just this, this total unrest that happened last year. When this happened and everything that went on from people getting tear gas to us marching in the streets, it it was I'm I'm getting emotional thinking about it. So trying not to go too deep here. Um, I don't know what's going to happen if this cop gets off and I don't know what's going to happen. That's the scariest part. It should be it should be case and shut. Right. This guy should go to jail. If anybody should, you know, he should go away for life. He should rot, right? But that's the thing. America has trained me as a black man that if somebody kills me, they may not go to jail because if they're a police officer, they can come up with any excuse in a book. And when they usually pay these settlements to the family, wrongful death suits, as they call them, they usually are saying, here, family, take this money because we're not going to put the guy that killed your family member in jail. But we're going to pay you some money to go away and be quiet. And first of all, that's messed up because that's how they always silence us. They always throw money at a certain group of people. Oh, we did this bad and now they remember they're impressed. Maybe if we get the group that's leading the charge, like the family, a little bit of money, they'll be quiet. The other thing about this, this is this is our money they're giving away. It's taxpayer money. We're paying. We're paying you guys so you could take our money and give it to a family to say we're sorry for killing your loved one we're sorry that the system failed you we're sorry but we're not going to convict this guy in most cases or not that's what you're using our taxpayer you as the system our politicians our leaders our law enforcement make the mistake and we got to pay for it that makes no sense to me if it makes sense to you, break it down to me because I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. And I got this bad feeling. I just I'm praying that's not it. I'm praying that I'm praying that he that this man gets his just due. But guys, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to keep it honest with you. I'm just going to I'm just going to keep it a buck with you because that's what I tried to do on this podcast. This is an indicator that he could get off and maybe not get off all the way. But I can see his charges being reduced. I can see them com convict um, convicting him for something lighter. Because I think, what is it? It's third degree murder now. But I can see him going down to like second degree or first degree. 
and I think I don't know the exact difference because I'm not a lawyer, but I know there's some, some significant differences if he gets dropped the degree, like where he goes to prison, how he gets treated, which this guy should be third degree murder. I think that's the highest one. Third degree murder and put him in a cell and let him rot. And I usually don't talk that way about people. But I think we all saw the video and you didn't see the video. You need to go watch it. He didn't care about George Floyd's life. You know, if let's take the let's take the cop out of it. Let's take that he's white out of it. Let's take that George was black out of it. We saw another man who didn't give a damn about another man's life. So doesn't that mean by the way all laws are set up, if you murder another man in cold blood, shouldn't you go away forever? That's what I thought it worked. Or do we only do that when black guys do it? Or do we only do it when someone, when a minority does it? Last thing here, something kind of just popped into my head, and this is random. There's a law, I think it's a one of the amendments, and it's about, um, it's about, it's a, it says Negro in it, but it says, basically, if a black person was to step out of line, break the law, whatever, they void their rights as a human being and revert back to being slaves. Crazy, right? I forget what amendment it is or what law it is, but it hasn't been it hasn't been changed. It hasn't. No. Um. Yeah. For, for some reason, that sticks with me that we haven't changed things like that, but we will pay settlements to families that cops kill their loved ones, and then we'll let cops get reduced sentences for some reason. I, I don't get it. I don't get how we can be home of the free, you know, land of the brave, home of the free, all that other BS y'all spread at us at baseball games and and just continue to just get it wrong. Because it's not that hard to me to get it right. We'll see how this one goes. We will see how this one goes. All right, let's talk about last segment here, business, man. You know, I'm a businessman. Uh, I think the, I'm going to save Netflix for last. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and talk about J.P. Morgan. So for those of you who don't know, J.P. Morgan Stanley, big bank. The Morgan Stanley is the first big U.S. bank to offer its wealth management clients access to Bitcoin funds. So if you haven't been paying attention and you've been living under a little itty bitty rock. Bitcoin's kind of the new hotness. So for those, I'm not, I'm not fully qualified to give you guys the full Bitcoin breakdown and advisement. But I'm basically going to say Bitcoin is a form of cryptocurrency that for a long, it's been around for a while. It's been around for a few years. A lot of people said it was a hoax at first because cryptocurrency wasn't widely accepted. But it's catching a lot of steam, especially over the last year. Um, we've seen companies like Square um, buy a lot of stock of Bitcoin. We've seen NFL an NFL player, Russell Okun, take a good portion of his salary in Bitcoin and make a lot of money from it. Um, we've seen other major companies, Tesla, buy a lot of Bitcoin. 
So obviously, this is what I always say. If the rich people start getting into it, it means something <laughs> like I'm not rich. But if the rich people start paying attention to it, I'm like, OK, yeah, maybe I should start looking at Bitcoin. And that's usually how it goes. Um. So, yeah, that's um. yeah. So that's big news. So let me read the rest of the of the kind of headline here. The investment bank, a giant in the wealth management with four trillion in client assets, told its financial advisors Wednesday in an internal memo memo that the bank is launching access to three funds that enable ownership of Bitcoin, according to people with direct knowledge of the matter. The move, a significant step for the acceptance of Bitcoin as an asset class, was made by Morgan Stanley after clients demanded exposure to cryptocurrency said the people who declined to be identified sharing details about the bank's internal communications. Bitcoin's rally in the past year has put Wall Street firms under pressure to consider getting involved in a NASA asset class, but at least for now, the bank is only allowing the wealthier clients access to the volatile asset. The bank considers it suitable for people with an aggressive risk tolerance who have at least $2 million in assets held by the firm. Uh, Bitcoin is coming. Here comes Bitcoin. Here comes Bitcoin. Here it comes. Here it. I'm like, I'm this point. I'm convinced. Like for those of you who still think it's a scam. I mean, I think cryptocurrency. It just makes sense. Everything's moving digital, and you're gonna tell me that crypto, which is basically digital currency, is not gonna be a big thing in the future. It just makes sense. Now I'm please. I, I probably need a disclaimer in this podcast. Um, I am not recommending you to go buy Bitcoin. I am not recommending any securities. Sean is not. Felt like I need my legal team here. Even though I don't got one. Any lawyers out there want to be my legal team? Anybody? But yeah, I'm not recommending this. For Sean, it makes sense. I don't consider myself a dummy. I don't consider myself a genius either. So, so right in the middle. So Sean, right in the middle of dummy and genius says Bitcoin is probably a go. So do with that as you wish. Just thought it was interesting article here. More, a little more about money. Shout out to Kanye West. Shout out to Kanye West. Shout out to Kanye West. I know he's been going through his, um, he's been going through some rough times with his divorce with Kim, but Kanye West is worth 6.6 million, making him the wealthiest black man in American history. So let me read this article from the Shade Room. Uh, let's see here. Fresh off his 22nd Grammy win with ti- with tying the record for the most awards by a hip hop artist, Kanye West is making headlines once again in a major way to the tune of billions, according to new reports. Kanye West is apparently now worth 6.6 billion, easily making him the wealthiest black man in American history, thanks to his incredibly possible Yeezy brand and previously announced Gap deal. Bloomberg reports that Kanye West is rolling in billions, but much more than he has in the past. Kanye's crowd-pleasing sneaker and apparel brand Yeezy is now valued at $3.2 billion to $4.7 billion. Yeezy's huge partnership with Gap is also said to possibly be worth more than $907 million of that multi-billion dollar total. Uh, congrats, congrats. Congrats to Kanye. Um, Kanye West has gotten a lot of beef over the years for some of his crazy comments. 
But I'm going to tell you guys something. You could think I'm crazy. Kanye West is a highly intelligent man. When you hear when you hear him speak, you could tell that his views are not just him speaking wildly. They are calculated. They are put together. We may look at them as in, well, you're crazy or he's just looking at it from the other end of view, but they are put together. Now, I may think they're wrong, but that doesn't mean they're not well put together. And anybody who can put thoughts well put together and saying things and putting pieces together and build a brand that's worked so much million dollars and be a hip hop artist to make and be one of the best producers and do all the things that he did. He's not a dummy. Is he a little different? Yes, but usually the most wealthiest people in the world are the different ones. Those are the ones that are kind of different. They stand apart. So that's not an abnormal thing for those type of people to stand apart. So I wanted to take a moment and say congrats to Kanye, congrats to Kanye, congrats to Kanye. All right, last story here. Good old Netflix. Fun story, guys. I've actually canceled my Netflix account, but I may need to get it back because Netflix is testing a new trial that will crack down on password sharing. Which, I'm going to explain why this makes sense and it doesn't make sense. And kind of the business behind it that I've heard from other podcasts and other people talk about this. Um, According to reports, the streaming giant Netflix is testing out a new feature that will prompt users to verify that they live with the account holder. It will say such as if you don't live with the account holder, you will need your own account to keep watching. Um, the other thing is. It's going to send the account holder kind of like a verification code. And so you're going to need the verification code to continue. All right. I got two things to say about this. Number one, I understand what Netflix is doing business wise. They're trying to see. And this is really this is again, this is a trial because what they're trying to see here. Will you, if you're sharing an account with somebody and you get this message, will you one, go and create a new Netflix account and create, thus create a new stream of revenue for Netflix? Or will you just go ahead and not watch Netflix or will you just fight through getting the verification code? Netflix is trying to gather data. A lot of business and a lot of new business ideas are not just done to think, okay, this is going to work. A lot of times trials and test out periods is how they figure out if they're going to implement it full time. And this is the test out period. They're trying to see if enough people will sign up for a new trial that if this is worth being a full time feature, which is actually really smart. It's just Netflix saying, all right, we know that more people than what are signed up for watch our content. How can we get more people to sign up? Well, we can make it that only we can make it that only we can make it really excuse me. We can make it really difficult for multiple people to share a password. Makes sense. My the second thought here is that what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to get a little bit of a mixed results. Um, since most of these people who do share passwords or family members or know each other, I think the verification code thing is not going to really get in no way. Um, it all depends about the frequency. So if it's every time that I log into Netflix or try to push a profile that it gives me this verification code, I can see this being an issue in making people want to get their own Netflix. If if Netflix was smart, they would actually lower their price because now, OK, 
what is your price now? Like $13 or something like that. I would say, hey, for the free trial, don't even tell the people you're lowering the price. Just lower it to $10.99 or $9.99. You may lose some profits, but if you do it enough and you say, hey, or if you use kind of like a buddy system, as I call it, saying if someone signs up because they were using someone else's account, you should give them a discount. Now, you're not going to be able to make that full revenue for that person, but you're going to entice the individual to sign up more. That's my think about it. I would take the necessary hit for now, get people to sign up more, and then you can always bump the price back up. Or you could do it for like a year. Say, hey, if you sign up with Netflix because you would sign up on someone else's account, you know, you can get Netflix for a year for $7.99, which is much lower than the normal cost, which is like $13. Most people are like, oh, okay, I'll take it for a year. And then they'll sign a contract that says, hey, it's going to increase in a year. So I don't think people will really go for this. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I, I think Netflix, maybe if they added some ideas that I said or maybe found a different way to, to show this. Because this is just going to make people mad now. So I could see people <clears throat> just. <coughs> Excuse me. Getting rid of Netflix altogether. But I think we'll see. I think we'll see how this one turns out. All right, guys. Um, thanks again for listening to the show. Once again, follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If no one's told you guys today, I love you. Take care of yourselves. And like I always say, keep talking.